Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape. 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 Good evening, Khuyanand, Mulwani, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kali show. Wonderful to be back, really. I'm so excited. For now, we need to continue with our program. And as I promised, we're supposed to speak with either, you, you know, she will pronounce her name, Rosaline Motsi or Roslyn Motsi. She's a supervisor of Nicro. Nicro has agreed to actually speak with us for at least four weeks as a start. And our focus will be the, the cycle of abuse. Well, for me, you know, whilst we're waiting, I was very excited because I had another thought um, in terms of what can we do in tonight's program. And I'm hoping that I d- I'm not overlapping with anyone else's program that they might have had before. Um, just to kind of um, give you a heads up you will hear that there's a little bit of a frog a small frog in my throat and it's kind of dry so um, we might just at times have to play a casita in between so that I can have a sip of water I'm so glad I'm not fasting right now otherwise I'll be in trouble so just kind of you know struggling with a little bit of a, a strange throat that is just being very very naughty at this time so let's go on with our program so here are my thoughts we've come out of the month of Ramadan and you know, we've, we ask Allah to accept our, all of our ibadah and that Allah must help us, you know, to remain committed and focused on that which we had done extra and we want to continue doing now with, you know, the, uh, as the months unfold of the, the year. And we will know, you know, quite a few of us will know already you can feel some shift so like you know you had your specific times before fajr after fajr you know you know um in the evening and lots of times for for dhikr and quran and so on and you will already know that some other let's call it normalcy is taking its place again and so you know you see that happening i mean i saw that happening and i needed to ask myself oh my word you know just just be aware of this be mindful of this and let's put a plan in place because how are we going to counteract it we're going to counteract it when we realistically look at our schedule and and you know what i mean really a mommy once asked me 
at my practice she said to me i feel so bad because you know what um the when you listen to the radio they're just encouraging you to do good and sit with quran and make your zikr and so on and she says i've got three children um i'm working full time and my husband is working full time i don't have a house help and i'm studying and i'm writing exams very shortly you know how where and and so on and i was just saying you know let's just be encouraging you and say you know what if you do not have the time to actually sit down then remember you know you can have your plan so your plan can be whenever i drive in the car i will play perhaps my my favorite uh, surah and i will recite with it whenever i do this or that whenever i do my ironing i will be making this or that zikr and so when you work it into your plan you will be surprised just how much you can bring it into your life and there will be this wonderful niya of you know this is what i'm doing and this is why i'm doing it and so it doesn't have to be at a time when it's difficult for you to really sit down and tools down but i do have to say and i must say that i say this from a clinical psychologist who works from a faith based perspective so i have to say that there is a part of me that feels when we're looking at how busy we are how overwhelmed we are how people are struggling with anxiety and depression and feeling overwhelmed and feeling angry and feeling worried and you know and all of those not liquor feelings you know the um then i i marvel at the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam's advice who said after each Salah, recite thirty-three times Subhanallah, thirty-three times Alhamdulillah, and thirty-three times Allahu Akbar. You, <clears throat> you cannot imagine how wonderful that is for the soul, for the mental health, well-being, for bringing into your life a period of stillness. for just stopping the crazy run because we all running we just running crazy you know and it gives us a moment at certain times of the day just to recoup just to refocus just to be quiet with ourselves and our lord and you know what i think it is superb from a psychology point of view my goodness gracious you know and i and really what i wanted to do this evening was to do this type of focus of program um and it just so happens that we're struggling to get our guest on the line so so my the 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 thought i'm having is first thought is that which you've done more um in the month of ramadan look at your schedule identify certain things which realistically speaking you're able to take from that which you did in the month of ramadan create a plan for yourself you know i think what we do is we live so unmindfully it is great to live mindfully with a plan and in that way you do not feel so overwhelmed so when you have that plan 
then you just follow your plan and you just do what you set out and you can do it one day at a time. You can have medium-term plans. You can have long-term plans. But it's great for you, especially when you feel, oh, I feel so overwhelmed at this time. Just take it one day at a time. So what, what I find very useful is tonight, look at what's my plan for tomorrow. So you could have your weekly plan. You could have your monthly plan. You could have, like some families will say, we are we are three or four siblings. Let's make a hatam in a month. Each one takes a quarter of the Quran to recite. You know, so that type of planning, it's wonderful to plan it for yourself, but it's it's fabulous to plan it involving your family members. You know what I find is very exciting? You know, when you get to the age of grandchildren and you can now say, all right, I've got adult children, so I can say to my adult children, okay, you know, which are the Jews that you will be reciting? Come, little ones, which are the Jews that we will be reciting together? And you know what? You can actually make it their Jews. Now, even if they can't really recite, you know, the way the adults will be able to recite, we must make the Qur'an that which is enjoyable for them. So, you know, have a, an enjoyable time of some recitation with them, and that's their juice that they focused on, and so they bring that to the Hatam. Like our little ones who fasted um, in the month of Ramadan, and it just brings me to, oh my word, I need to say OMG, because the grandchildren say, Mimi, you have to say OMG. Well, OMG, little Zahra, Kamish fasted the entire month of Ramadan, mashallah. It was stunning to experience it with a grandchild. It was really, really, really stunning, you know, to see her commitment. And at times when it was tough and she would ask me, Mimi, are you also feeling hungry now? And I'll say to her, yeah, a little bit. And she'll say, mm, me too. But you know what? I have to fast because this is what Allah wants from us. It is just amazing. You know, I'm so proud of her, alhamdulillah. And really one wants to say salama to all the little ones who had fasted the month of Ramadan. And more so I want to say salama to little Zahra Kamish. I'm so proud of you as your Mimi and all the family is very proud of you. Just, you know, one's heart is so great. One's heart is blooming. You, you think, you know, that our children will be the flowers of our hearts. Well, we see this and we experience this in the month of Ramadan when these little ones fast the entire month and we feel so proud of them. So really Zahra Mimi loves you to the moon and back. And so, you know, we continue with our program. I come back to having a plan in place to take that which you would like to take with in your life ahead out of that which would have grown from Ramadan. That's the one thing that I thought would be really, really great and exciting for us to speak about. And you can actually message me on the WhatsApp line and, you know, tell me what it is that you are, have decided that you want to bring into your, your schedule and your plan, you know, that would have grown from the month of Ramadan, you know, which is so, so super. And our WhatsApp line is 072 238-0712. So please do that. Send me, you know, whatever you intend you're going to continue doing in the month of Ramadan, inshallah. 
the other thing that I really wanted to speak about was we also spoke about breaking your day with the zikr, you know, of the th- 33 times subhanallah, the 33 times alhamdulillah, and the 33 times Allahu Akbar during the day and how that is is um, a buffer to the stress of the day and how you can have your plan where when I'm driving I'll do this when I'm doing something else I'll do that and my focus will be the the, the Quran and the dhikr and and so on but what I also wanted to speak about in today's program um, was to speak about when people are experiencing anxiety and it's really debilitating and you know like they could have been traumatized they could have experienced a loss they could have experienced heart sore they could be experiencing a sense of helplessness and often people struggle if there's helplessness often people struggle with anger in association with the the um, helplessness because it feels for them like and do they can do nothing about it sometimes people will say to me I, I feel like no one's listening not even anyone in the sky they'll say to me is listening this is how it feels at this time I think when we are so overwhelmed by our feelings of distress it's very difficult sometimes to feel the love to feel the connectedness that we um, would like to feel in relation to Allah so what I find and this is what I would recommend and I'm recommending it as a psychologist honestly when you feel so those feelings my thoughts are you go stop you know we have the ability to stop what we think stop what we do stop what we say stop what we feel in an instant that is an ability that the creator has given us alhamdulillah so you go stop can i just stop these these uncomfortable feelings can i stop them can I then go quiet with Allah? Like you put nothing there, a space of nothingness with Allah. So you're just present with Allah. I always think of labaik, Allahumma labaik, when I get have the example of, you know, imploring Allah's, you know, me in Allah's presence. Ya Allah, here I am. And, and then you go, can I go thicker so that I can calm myself down and calmly, slowly, in the lower octave of voice as a part of your healing process, recite the thicker that is most comfortable for you. I think what comes highly recommended over and over the different ulama would have mentioned subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanallah al-azim that is so rewarding and we know how much it's loved by allah and that as a tool of counteracting all of those uncomfortable feelings and we managed to get hold of Rosaline and I have to apologize I've got Rosaline Motsi on the line from Nikro she's a supervisor at Nikro and my word we have been phoning the wrong number and Rosaline has been waiting and she was so gracious she then phoned to let us know that she's waiting Rosaline good evening and thank you for your commitment to our program I appreciate it so much (laughs) 
No, thank you. You know, it happens. Good evening, Lisa. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very honored to be part of this program today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And so we're starting the, the series on, uh, in fact, we're picking it up. We had the program th- uh, before the months of fasting, and now we're picking it up again. And our focus tonight, I'd like for us to speak about the cycle of abuse. And so what I'd like is sometimes, you know, when we do speak about the cycle of abuse, games of abuse, types of abuse, etc. And then people are still confused at this stage in terms of what is it that we mean when we refer to the cycle of abuse. And so if I may start there with you, um, Rosaline, if you can please explain to our listeners, what do we mean when we refer to the cycle of abuse, please? Okay, uh, looking at the fact that we've actually gone through part most of our time, I'm going to try and be bit brief and also just get to the point. Sure. When we look at the cycle of abuse, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that the word cycle of abuse or the term cycle of abuse mm-hmm. is normally just to use, you know, um, frivolously. Like people will actually think that, you know, they'll say cycle of abuse and not actually realize that this is actually a social cycle theory that was actually developed from extensive research mm-hmm. that actually looks at the patterns of, abu- uh, uh, of abuse, yes. uh, patterns of behavior in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So basically when you look at the cycle of abuse, you actually look at different stages yeah. that abuse takes its form. Yes. So maybe to just give a brief, brief bit of an overview. Please. When you look at the cycle of abuse, you are looking at uh, research that was done with over 1,500 women, mm-hmm. uh, where they were interviewed and they were actually subject to a number of observations. And this was actually done by a man called, uh, a, a woman called Lino E. Walker. Mm-hmm. So when you actually look at cycle of abuse, maybe to try and make it very simple, yes. you are looking at uh, four stages of abuse. Mm-hmm. So it's not just saying, oh, a person is in a cycle of abuse and it ends there. Yeah. And if I need to break it down and to try and clarify it, I would say that the first phase or the first stage of the cycle of abuse is what we call tension building. Yes. I'm going to go back and explain a bit about that. Yes. The second one is where you talk about the incident, the actual incident of abuse, yes. or you talk about the eruption. Mm-hmm. The next phase, you talk about reconciliation or what sometimes is referred to as the honeymoon stage. And the last one, you talk about the calm stage. Mm -hmm. And it has been observed and it has been proven that actually after the calm stage, normally in an abusive relationship, you go back to the tension stage. Mm -hmm. So within the tension stage, to go back to the first stage, you are now looking at a situation, obviously there has to be the perpetrator of abuse. Yes. And there has to be what we normally refer to as victims, but I would prefer to actually term them survivors. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the perpetrator and the survivor of abuse, whereby basically now uh, you have two parties whereby there's lack of communication, there is probably uh, feelings of fear mm-hmm. from the person that is going to receive the abuse. Yes, And you also find that at the same time, you know, the dynamics of the relationship that exists is actually shifted to the negative. Mm-hmm. And it would be important to note at this point in time that normally when you look at the cycle of abuse, mm-hmm. 
Yes. In most cases, people actually look at it in terms of intimate uh, partner relationships. Mm-hmm. But you actually find, and it is very important for people to take cognizance of the fact that this actually spreads across even non-intimate partner relationships. Okay. Even within the work environment, you can find that there is a cycle of abuse. Mm-hmm. However, we do not want to undermine the fact that most of the cycle of abuse that you find mm-hmm. is within intimate relationships. Okay. And uh, well, after you get that tension stage where there's lack of communication, you know, and the survivor or the victim starts to have uh, very... Um, huge emotions that are pointing towards fear. Normally that actually comes to where the eruption phase comes in, Mm -hmm. where the incident actually occurs. And in this case, it's very important for people to also realize that when we talk about the incident, we are not actually not only talking about the physical abuse, where you actually see a person has got a black eye and you say that person has been abused. Yeah. We are talking about a whole lot of um, other aspects of abuse, which I think are going to be uh, focused on and discussed at length in another segment. Yes. And then, yeah, after that now, you then have the reconciliation phase. Most of the time, what you find is that um, after the incident has happened, you know, a person is having huge psychological, emotional, physical trauma from the incident happening. Mm-hmm. You normally find a situation in most cases where the perpetrator of the abuse shows some kind of remorse. Okay. And in, more, in a few of the cases, you find that the person may actually move away. Mm-hmm. But in other cases, you find that a person actually, the one who has perpetrated, actually goes out of their way to kind of exhibit overtly positive behavior, yeah. which I would say positive in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. And most people, this is whereby you find people actually asking themselves, why is this person sticking on in this uh, relationship? Yes. And, and why are they not doing something about it? And in an intimate relationship, they are asking themselves, why are they not getting out? Yeah. And the reason in most of these cases is because this person is receiving signals. But at this point in time, it's also important to understand that at this particular phase, this is where you find that the survivor or the victim of the abuse Mm -hmm. actually somehow in a way kind of takes responsibility and kind of thinks that if I had maybe done something else, things would have been different. Yeah. So it's it's normally found at that stage. Mm -hmm. So you find that now people are trying to to get... um, the relationship back to make what we would call the initial phase or where they were actually happy, you would have the uh, honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. And after the honeymoon stage, you then go to the calm stage. Mm -hmm. This is whereby, you know, the dynamics seem to be relatively normal, to be relatively quiet. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you're at the beach and you're looking at the sea and there is this peacefulness. Mm -hmm. But you know that beneath that uh, peaceful uh, tide, there is a current that can overturn you and and that can actually really damage you. So basically, this is the the different uh, phases of the cycle of abuse, which again, to just reiterate, is the tension building, the incident, the reconciliation, and the calm stage. Mm-hmm. And it was actually seen that these phases actually repeatedly go on. Yeah. 
and it's 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 very few of of um, abuse cases whereby you do not have a story where someone actually sits and they actually tell you about a different cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd, I'd like us to unpack it a little bit, but I do have, a, you know, you've, you've said and explained that this is then the cycle of abuse, which means it plays itself out over and over and over. So it goes to one, two, three, four, back to one, two, three, four. And mm-hmm. do you find that in our lives, especially if we kind of bring it down to in the intimate relationships uh, particularly in a marriage etc do you find that after after a long while it almost become normal for some people in the sense that they become uh, almost desensitized and their life become the cycle of abuse it's it's what they know their life to be like do you find that that is how one can at times see it Remember, I think it's, it's, um, this question would have a twofold answer. On the one end, I would say probably yes. Why? Because um, remember what I said, that normally when you have, um, you are in a, a, a victim is in a situation whereby abuse is perpetrated on them. To some extent, they actually take responsibility. Mm-hmm. They actually have feelings of saying, I think I'm going to do this. So at the end of the day, this is why, you know, people sometimes when they are observing, the outsider will be like, but why is this person saying? Yeah. Not necessarily because they are used to what is actually happening, but because they actually have an innate uh, belief that they are responsible for the situation, they have contributed to the situation, and they are actually in control of making sure that they can actually turn around and change the situation, mm-hmm. which is actually not